wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be one without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. For in this way, in former times, the holy women also, who hoped in God, used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Just as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. All right, so these in the same ways or likewises <laughs> or whatever, I think are going back to 2.13. So submit to every human institution. To governors, servants be submissive, same way wives be submissive, same way husbands, you know, be, be kind to, toward them and so forth. Uh, it's, the, it's all in accordance with the principle of submitting to every human institution. So he sets up the situation where you're married to a non-Christian man. Well, mate, let's just say you were converted after you got married. And how are you going to feel about your husband once you become a Christian? That was open-ended, wasn't it? <laughs> What's the main thing you're going to feel about him? Like he should become a Christian. Absolutely. You want him to share in this too. So you go hog wild into preaching at him every chance you get. How well is that going to work? Uh, not well. Why not? What's that uh, proverb about a dripping? <laughs> what did you say? I said I don't know. It seems like it ought to work. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, can we tell her why it doesn't work? Huh? You say something? <laughs> stubbornness issues. Yes, exactly. Guys are extremely ornery and stubborn, and we don't like to be told what to do. And if our wife starts telling us, you got to do this, you got to do that, we're going to not do it just to prove we don't have to. Yeah. That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially if I'm right. Yeah. But that's realistic, isn't it? I mean, isn't that a challenge for most guys? We have a hard time giving in to our wives when she's trying to impose something on us. Now, whether that's right or wrong, I'm not arguing that it's right. But I'm arguing that if you're a woman trying to convert your husband, preaching to him is probably going to be counterproductive. You're going to have to be submissive, and by your behavior and your lifestyle, you're going to, you know... Be have an impact on him a lot more than just talking all the time about it. People have a hard time with that. Women have a hard time with that. Women married to non-Christian husbands sometimes just drive them totally away from it because they won't shut up and they won't they won't give him any peace. He's going to resent it. He's probably not going to listen if we'll just behave. I would say there's a little bit of that in other family relationships too. You know, what about parents who are just on their, you know, adolescent or grown kids case all the time? When are you going to obey the gospel? When are you going to be baptized? Come on, you need to be baptized. Well, that's just going to, 
I don't have to do it because you told me to. I don't want to do it because you told me to. I don't think we ought to want to do that for that reason. So we got to back off and see the value of the life, especially a wife married to a non-Christian husband. You, you know, I mean, a mixed marriage is kind of a recruitment opportunity. There's a lot of husbands who've been converted through their wives. But you've got to use the right strategy. And that is good behavior, not constant nagging and argument and all that. Unspoken activity is more powerful. Let me say that again. That's a good line. Unspoken activity is more powerful than unperformed speaking. You know, it's better to act and don't talk about it than to talk about it and don't act. You know, live it. Don't 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 say you're living it. Do it. Show it. Just by being who you ought to be. Men are won more by the eye than by the ear. More by what they see than what they hear. And so, he says, as they observe your chaste and respectable behavior. They see how you treat them. They see your purity. They see your respect. They see how you, you are patient and meek and humble and loving. And that's a powerful sermon. And, you know, don't depend on, you know, external things fixing yourself up to attract your husband. Um, don't, don't think that the, the way you're going to win him is by, by being all luxurious or attention getting or whatever. So he says, your adornment must not be external, braiding the hair, wearing gold jewelry and putting on dresses. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Um, you know, a, a humble, virtuous Christian woman is just a whole different thing than this, you know, idea of, you know, just trying to doll ourselves up and, you know, get everybody looking at us. Um, that's not that's not the Christian mindset. Now, is he trying to say you should never braid your hair, wear gold, or put on a dress? No. The point is, don't make that your focus. Don't try to adorn yourself with that. Uh, don't try to attract with that. That shouldn't be the source of your beauty when it's all said and done. Um, that's a hard thing sometimes. You know, we care what people think about us. We care what we look like. And sometimes we can just get to where, you know, we're just focused on that image. Uh, so, while I don't think he's trying to legalistically ban these specifics, I do think that it's saying this shouldn't be our focus. You know, okay, put on some makeup, you know, comb your hair, you know, take a shower and put on some deodorant. That's not all bad, you know. But but just obsessing on how you can be prettier, eh, don't, don't make that your focus. Um, that's the world. Um, and so, but, but have this, this, Humble, submissive, quiet spirit. That's that's what he's saying for the w women. That that may not impress the world, 
but it's precious in the sight of God. <laughs> you know, God honors that. God considers that very valuable. We're trying to impress and please the Lord, not impress and please other people. Thoughts and comments through verse 4. The last time he used precious in the sight of God, he was talking about Jesus. Yes. Two four, a living stone rejected by men, but choice and precious in the mm-hmm. sight of God. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. That God considers a quiet spirit precious <coughs> in his sight. Just, uh, yeah, it's good, good enough. Uh, illustration. He gives an example. He said, In the former times, holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. And he notices Sarah that called him Lord. Uh, so, you know, just the submissive, respectful attitude that a wife ought to have toward her husband. That, obviously, of course, is also not popular today. But that's Bible, that's Bible order, is that the wife's to submit to her husband and the husband's to obey his wife. And so, Sarah showed that meekness by calling him Lord. So, things you want to say on the woman's side of this through verse 6. I think the passage where Sarah calls Abraham Lord is when she was laughing uh-huh, about yeah. In Genesis the child. So that, I mean, that wasn't the most flattering passage for her. Um, but, uh, you know, you still saw you know, this picture of their relationship in that, even in, you know, a weaker moment. Maybe even more so in a weaker moment. Yeah. She had the habit of calling him Lord. She thought of him that way. She respected him. What is the fear at the end of verse 6? Is that what we're frightened by any fear? Um, you know, he's going to say that, uh, like in 3.14, don't fear their intimidation, don't be troubled. I mean, I think when we are serving the Lord, then we are not submitting out of fear. We are, we confident in the Lord, uh, but we're submitting out of, you know, love and a desire to do that. Is, it, is the fear, well, I guess it, it could be, is the fear related to what the husband might do if you submit? I mean... Could be. Uh, that, that could be. Uh, I could see that. I hadn't really thought about it that way. Maybe so. I mean, that that kind of echoes back to what the servants would be submissive whether you've got a good master or a bad master and from what I understand some of those masters were you know quite quite bad yes <laughs> and they're, they were told to submit just you know, yeah yeah and so I mean some husbands may be ordering that's hard it's not just hard you know Maybe physically, it's hard psychologically and emotionally. You know, if you've got a husband who's not a Christian and is not very nice, you don't want to submit. You don't want to be meek and humble. You want to tell him off and, you know, whatever. So, meditating on Jesus, you know, admiring his example and seeking to develop the kind of meekness and humbleness and patience, bearing things that are difficult. 
Alright? Look at the husbands in seven. You husbands in the same way live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she's a woman. So he said, got several things to say. I mean, you know, the spirit that makes a wife meek and gentle will make a husband kind and attentive and thoughtful to his wife. You know, to live with them in an understanding way. Well, what do men always say about women? At least their wives. You can't understand them. You can never understand women. Well, you understand why we think that. No. (laughs) Women are different from men. But we don't say that about men. (laughs) We have y'all figured out. Well... You know, I would say women have a greater sense of, um, oh, I, this is probably not the right word, but intuition than men do. Women, women, women understand people and see people, they're the spaghetti and not the waffle, so they can see it all put together. And men are, does that, that, that I lose you with that? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You haven't heard that, though? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, women are spaghetti. Women are, men are waffles. Mm-hmm. Like, we got everything in our own compartment. We can only do one compartment at a time. <laughs> women ha- women can... Sandra can be doing five things at once and see the stuff. And she's like, why didn't she speak to so-and-so? I didn't see him. He was right in front of you. How did you not see him? I didn't see him. <laughs> you know, I wasn't thinking about him. I just, you know, doing what I was doing. Sandra sees everything. She knows what everybody's wearing and, you know... <laughs> And while she's doing three other things. So women women have a better sense of that. I, I don't know if that's all the case, you know, the answer to that, but I think they do. So verse 7 is just basically saying to fake it? No, I think it's saying study your wives. Yeah. Oh yeah, honey, I understand. I, I, think, I think it's not going to come natural for us. You know, so we're going to have to we got a responsibility to understand them. You know, I mean, how can you understand what's different from you? You have to spend time. Spend time, pay attention, listen, focus, you think about it. You know, what, what's a husband's main focus, typically, by nature? Working. His work, yeah. It's what he does. And so if a husband's idea is my job is to work, I bring home the bacon, then what does he do when he comes home? Eats the bacon. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> he waits for him to fry it up in a <laughs> He shuts down because he's done working. Exactly. He did his job. Now he comes home and you know, lays down on the easy chair and watches TV or gets on the internet or whatever he does. You know, he did his job. Well, it's the husband's job to understand his wife. So that takes a lot of work, and it would be helpful if our wives would cooperate with letting us understand them. They need to tell us how they are and not just expect that husbands are going to understand them just by nature. They're not. So explain. It's like the Son of Solomon lady who was, like, not scared to tell him that she wanted him to take initiative. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be communication. But but there's got to be the desire on the part of the husband and the interest in understanding. So dwell with her in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she's a woman. And I think weaker not in the sense of, uh, 
Well, then kick her. She's weak. You know, but in the sense, she's fragile and delicate. She's sensitive. And so you protect her. You know, that ought to be, I think, the male instinct, is to protect their wives. Is to be sensitive and provide gentle uh, interface for her with whatever. Um, I, I think we treasure the fragileness of our wives. Um, I think we need to be instilling that in our children. So I think, you know, a man tells his boy, you know, we're guys. We're not like women. We're men. And as men, we are really nice to women. We are always looking out for them. We're always taking care of them. We're trying to protect them, defend them, you know, and all that. I think it's, there's, there's a, a point to developing chivalry and, you know, whatever all that is in a, in a kid, in a male child, that he goes up learning, here's how we treat a woman. You know, she is more delicate, and we treasure that. Now, if we don't do that, if we don't give her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, our prayers will be hindered. You know... Will God hear the prayers of somebody who bullies and abuses his wife? You know, who treats her badly, who, you know, verbally or otherwise, you know, disparages her? Um, you know, isn't it interesting to think that, that maintaining a good marriage is a part of serving God? You know, it's going to hinder my prayers if I've, if I've not got a good relationship with my wife. Uh, you know, we can't accomplish any spiritual good without a good prayer life, and God won't listen to our prayers if we don't honor our wife. So he's putting how we treat our wives as a spiritual activity that's necessary to be able to pray to God. So, you know, you submit to the kings and the governors... Slaves submit to your masters, even the cruel and unreasonable ones. Wives submit to your husbands, even the non-Christian ones. And husbands, you know, don't you be demanding and thinking about your rights. You be loving and serving and giving yourselves to your to your mate. So all of us are submitting, serving, humbling ourselves. Thoughts and comments. So if that's what you teach the boys, how do you teach the girls? How do you teach the girl to be delicate and gentle, I guess? I, I mean... Teach her to be submissive and to respect the authority of men. Teach her to be meek and quiet and have good character as opposed to being loud and brassy and trying to flaunt her stuff. Because I'm just thinking of, you know, there are lots of people who today would say, you know, I'm a woman, I don't need any man to protect me. And part of that is the way they've been brought up, that they have to protect themselves, etc., etc. And I, that, sort of that aspect of... Yeah, I think, I, I mean, we're in a world that's trying to nullify gender differences. Very much. I mean, that's the agenda. That is not <laughs> biblical. And it's not how we were made. I probably use this illustration. But 
when Sen and I were very young, uh, you know, uh, in a while, uh, we, had, we had several friends of ours who fit this pattern, in, and after a while, we kind of put it together ourselves, and I think there's something to this, after thinking about it over the years. We had several couple friends of ours that had a super nice guy husband just do anything for his wife and wives that were struggling emotionally. Uh, you know, had mental, emotional, psychological problems. And you're thinking, how could she struggle? She has this husband that just dotes on her and loves her and does anything for her. Well, husbands need to love their wives, but they need to provide structure they need to be the one where the buck stops. So I think as a husband sometimes, I want to abdicate my strong, my responsibility to be strong for my wife. I want to push the burden of leadership over to her so if it doesn't work out well, I can blame her instead of having to take the responsibility of leading on myself. We're cut out to be the leaders. The women are cut out to be the nurturers. And so we're very protective. But we don't shove the burden and responsibility of leadership on them. We take that. Now, that doesn't mean we micromanage. It doesn't mean we don't listen to them. But it means that we ultimately are where the buck stops in our family. And we're willing to take unpopular stands if necessary because that's what we believe ought to be done. Was with a ton of role, role, role reversal. And that's not helpful. So... All right. Uh, I don't know if all that was in chat verse 7, but uh, go ahead. Comment. <laughs> I just find it interesting, verse 6, that Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling the Lord, and you have become her children. You know, and even the context was about having a child. Right. She was barren and had no children, <laughs> and he uses that. That's interesting. The, you know, you've become her children, as if she had a bunch. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she had more children than what she even realized after Isaac was born. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Did she not give, did, was she not afraid? Or does that not have anything to do with her anymore? Yeah, I'm just not sure what to do with it without being frightened by any fear when it's all said and done. I think women are just more prone to be afraid, upset, bothered by more things in general. It, it makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why someone might need to mention that to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So I, I don't know, you know, maybe here it, it applies to certain things in particular, but I feel like the principle in general is helpful for women. Well, and, and certainly, I mean, it's in all of this, it's been submission because we choose to, not because we feel forced to. So a woman chooses to submit to her husband, not because she's intimidated and scared of him. Maybe she is, but that's not the reason she submits to him. She submits to him because she's choosing to do that for the Lord. Makes a lot of difference our our motivation. You know, why am I doing this? But think about how much this adorns the Lord, adorns the gospel, to submit uh, to the king, to the master, to the husband. And the husband treating his wife as she as he should. All right. Well, how about eight to twelve? Uh, 
Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be cur courteous. Do not return, not returning evil for evil, but revealing for revealing. But on the same contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to, to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, you know, here's the attitude we need to have in general. <coughs> Harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble. Um, you know, we sympathize with others, we care about them, we work together with them, we're humble toward them. Uh, those are a lot of, that's a, there's a lot to that. I mean, that's a change of character, it's a change of mindset. It, it's, it's, you know, exhorts us. It's hard to be like that. And not returning evil for evil or insult for insult. Giving a blessing. So, you know, what about when somebody really mistreats me and I don't handle it well, but I say it was their fault they made me do it? No. I don't care what they did. I don't have to pay them back. I don't have to treat them like they treated me. I can give a blessing in place of the insult. I should not retaliate. Nobody's sins ever gives the privilege to somebody else to sin. You know, I can't blame my sin. on Well, you sinned against me, so therefore I sinned against you. Well, that that should have been broken with me. Um, and and really, again, think about the powerful testimony it is for the Lord that us extraterrestrials treat people right, even when we're mistreated. <coughs> You know, no matter how badly they scorn us and they, they insult us and they do mean things to us, and we just continue to be, you know, harmonious, gentle, giving a blessing in place of the insult, wow, that will make them think totally differently about, you know, this uh, odd collection of people that don't seem to fit in here. And then he quotes from Psalm 34, the one who desires life to live and see good days, uh, actually to love and see good days, needs to keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. So he speaks properly. You know, he, he's never deceitful. He doesn't say harsh things. You know, he seeks peace and pursues it. So he's, he's a peace-loving person. You know, he's not harsh and aggressive. Um... And uh, God listens to it. God pays attention to the righteous person. So he's really trying to develop a whole lifestyle and mindset here. This is how a Christian behaves. We live in an alien world. You know, we're, we don't fit in here. But we, we interact with the world in a very gentle, loving, humble way. Thoughts and comments? contrast to him not hearing the prayers of the husband who's not being that way. Good point. Yeah. He does attend to the prayer of the 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to treat people right for God to listen to your prayer. You know, say, well, I treat God right. Well, God, it's it's like, you know, think about it this way. We're all the offspring of God. If you mistreat my kids, but you want to be nice to me, I take personally how you treat my kids. You know? So, don't, don't try to butter God up while you're mistreating his, uh, those who were created in his image. Verse 9, the very purpose that uh, you were called for, the very purpose, that very purpose is to give a blessing, right? Uh-huh. Is the... You give and receive a blessing. Do you give a blessing to receive a, a blessing, or you give a blessing because that's what you're supposed to do? Or am I... Well, maybe both. Okay. Because I keep sticking a so in there. You were called for the very purpose of giving a blessing so that you might inherit a blessing. I think so. That's uh-huh. I think so, yeah. That means so that. Yeah. Oh, well, there it goes. It's not me being crazy and inserting words. And yeah, no. That means so that. Anything else? You said... Um, you can't say, oh, so-and-so did, you know, so-and-so made me do it, or whatever. In verse 10, it says, well, the person who desires life needs to keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking. Right. That's just what you... Yeah, exactly. That's just what you said back in maybe verse 9. Yeah. It's not about what they are doing, but what you do do. Yeah, you can't control them, but you can pursue peace, and you can speak kindly and things like that. Like the teacher never sees the first person to throw a punch, they always see the second one, and they're like, Well, you did punch him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Takes two to fight. All right. Well, we started a couple minutes early. We can stop a couple minutes early mm-hmm. rather than trying to get into this whole next section. But he's going to move from here to talking about suffering, especially like persecution and, and things related to that, and how we deal with that. You know, because we don't fit in here, the world is going to persecute us. You know, how are we going to respond? Mm -hmm. Very good. Thank you for that.